0: Good evening, it's 5 p.m., and you're listening to Today in YGK on CFRC 101.9 FM. Brought to you by CFRC's News Collective Christina Laurie, Dinah Jansen, Erica Singh, Zayden Bergera. Katrina Johnston and Mia Lettinen. CFRC's news programming is also brought to you through the support of the Local Journalism Initiative, Queen's University, and What'll I Wear at 732 Princess Street. I'm Christina Laurie, and here are your local news headlines. To start us off, South Frontenac Township is once again asking community members to reach into their pantries and donate items to the local food bank during the month of November. A recent report from Food Banks Canada shows food bank usage is 32.1% higher than 2022, and a third of people using food banks are children. Food insecurity has risen to its highest level since the organization started its annual hunger count report in 1989. Southern Frontenac Community Services Food Bank has seen an increase in residents using its services. The local food bank is run mainly by volunteers and relies on donations from local churches, schools, organizations, and the community. The food bank is especially in need of cereal, soups, stews, and toiletries such as toilet paper, shampoo, and deodorant. The township is inviting the community to join its staff in filling recycling bins with non-perishable food items at these locations. Frontenac Community Community Arena, 4432 George Street, drop-off items between 8 and 4.30pm, and 2490 Keeley Road, drop-off items between 8 and 4.30pm. In a message from the city of Kingston, Remembrance Day is a municipal holiday and will be observed with a civic ceremony on Saturday, November 11th. Please note that the city of Kingston services and facilities run as usual on Saturday. The city's civic service of remembrance takes place in McDonald Park, located near Murney Tower on King Street, at the foot of George Street. On Saturday, November 11th, starting at 9:15 a.m., wreaths will be laid ahead of the ceremony by community groups and by veteran and military groups. Starting at 10:15 a.m., the bilingual civic service will take place from 10:45 to 11.20 a.m. However, spectators should be in place by 10.40 a.m. to see the parade march on ahead of the service. An ASL interpreter will be present during the civic ceremony and there will be seating for veterans and people with disabilities. The public is invited to watch the laying of the wreaths before the service should they wish. If you are unable to attend, please note that the ceremony will also be filmed by your TV from Kojiko and they will broadcast the event on channels 13 and 700 as well as channel 100 at 2 p.m. 6 p.m. and 10 p.m. later that evening. You can remember and honour Remembrance Day by observing the two minutes of silence at 11am, attending the civic ceremony in person, or purchasing a wreath or poppy from the Royal Canadian Legion. Queen's University has debuted a new name for the Queen's Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences after a $1 million donation. Queen's Engineering has been proclaimed the Stephen J.R. Smith Faculty of Engineering and Applied Science, or Smith Engineering for short, after Stephen J.R. Smith, philanthropist and Queen's Engineering alumnus, made the monumental donation. The name may sound familiar as he is also the namesake of Queen's University's Smith School of Business, named in 2015 after a $50 million donation from Smith. A sea of business casual and recognizable purple jackets could be seen at Mitchell Hall this morning, filling the first and second floor. After an opening performance from the Queens Marching Band, representatives from Business and Engineering at Queens took the stage to share their vision of the future for the faculty. Kevin Deluzio, Dean of Smith Engineering, discussed the university's commitment to a new era for the faculty. Talking
1: about engineering education globally, there's a recognition that the current approach to engineering education must shift to a much more broader interdisciplinary approach. The skills, that our graduates need include, of course, technical and analytical literacy, but also creative thinking, curiosity, resilience, empathy, leadership. Our students need to have the confidence and the ability to address these complex challenges with deep technical problems, but also an awareness of the society. So we're committed here to setting these students up for success. And that means becoming the Canadian leader in the development and implementation of a new model of engineering education. We know that the key is to affect student motivation, motivating students, learn better, as do students who have more time, who have more directed feedback.
0: Finally, Principal Patrick Dean took the stage to make the official announcement, proclaiming the faculty the Stephen J.R. Smith Faculty of Engineering and Applied Science.
1: Our goal is very clear. Queen's will equip the next generation of students with the knowledge, the skills and the mindset to drive positive change here and around the world. Queen's is committed to being the Canadian leader in the development and implementation Of a new model of engineering education that is technically rigorous, multidisciplinary, experientially focused, socially conscious, and creatively inspired. (coughs) Now I'd like to invite Dean Bluesio, Dr. Rainbow, Aidan, and Mary Wilson to join me on stage for the moment when momentum truly meets back. Science 72, Queen's University is announcing a major shift in engineering education that will position our engineering graduates to have a transformative impact on Canada and on the world. It is an unprecedented honour to share with you today that Queen's engineering education will be transformed thanks to an historic $100 million gift. In recognition of Stephen Smith's vision, his commitment, and his extraordinary generosity, there is a new name for the faculty. The Stephen J.R. Smith Faculty of Engineering Applied Science at Queen's University.
0: This donation also marks the largest ever made to an engineering faculty in Canada, as well as being one of the largest to any university in Canada. That's all for your headlines this week. And next up is Dinah Jansen coming in with an interview with Mayor Patterson regarding the Mayor's Arts Awards 2023.
2: Thanks Chris. Coming up tonight at 7pm, the 7th Annual Mayor's Arts Award Ceremony and Reception hosted by Kingston Mayor Brian Patterson will be held at City Hall. With us in this segment to chat about the event is Mayor Brian Patterson. Welcome back to CFRC, Brian. Thank
3: you very much. It's it's great to be back. Always, uh, always a pleasure to, to chat about what's going on
2: in the city. Thank you so much. Now, Brian, if you can tell us about the Mayor's Arts Awards programs in terms of its purpose and ultimate goals, we'd, we'd love to hear more about it.
3: Yeah, it, this is this is actually an, an amazing, amazing program that um, it was identified a number of years ago as part of the the, the city's uh, arts and culture fund and plan about how to. How do they really take the amazing stuff that we already have in our community and grow it and make it bigger? And, and one of the things was recognizing uh, and awarding the talent and the efforts of so many amazing people in our uh, arts and culture community. And so uh, that was really the genesis of the Mayor's Arts Awards. Uh, I think this is, I don't know, maybe the sixth or seventh year now that, that we've done it. And honestly, I always look forward to it. It's always like a, a highlight event. And always so well done and just always just blown away, just so impressed by uh, the amazing local talent and artists that we have here in the city. So uh, I'm excited. We're looking forward to, uh, again, a a great, uh, a great event uh, coming up for 2023 and uh, and seeing who the award winners will be. Wonderful.
2: And uh, could you tell us more about the, the awards categories? I understand there were three of them.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So um so there's the creator category. And so that's usually out of the five awards that we give. So three of the five would be different creator awards. And sometimes the, you know, it can be creators in uh in the visual arts, and in, in film, in music. I mean, you take just the whole gambit. So there's always a, a variety of different talents that really I think just just speak to. Uh, speak to their own individual contribution and just recognizing their, their talent and, and what, they, what they've done and continue to do. Then there's the, the second category is the Arts Champion Award. And so every year we, we select an arts champion that really is, it's going above and beyond just their own individual talents, but usually really speaking to what they're doing to, to champion uh, arts and culture in the community as a whole. Uh, and then our third category is is uh, the legacy category. so so it's really often recognizing somebody that has already uh, passed away um, but recognizing we've had incredible arts uh, and culture talent uh, and contributors to our community that that have contributed in the past like over over many, many years and they're no longer with us, but we it's a great opportunity to be able to. Um, to highlight their contributions and, and for some people that may not have known about them to, to educate and to show that uh, really it's all about building on the work of other greats that have gone before us.
2: And now, Brian, can you shed some light about how the nominations are collected and juried each year? And I understand you have a whole team of people that work on this.
3: Yeah, we do. It certainly uh, it certainly is a, is a team. I think that uh, we, we put together a group of respected Uh, artists, of of leaders in our arts and culture community that really do the the hard legwork of of really sitting around the table, um, brainstorming, thinking of ideas, suggesting, bouncing ideas and names, and of course, you know, in different fields of arts um you know not everyone may be familiar with with other great artists that are in a different field and so you want to get a variety of people to to ensure a diversity uh, of people and talents that come forward and then they do the hard work honestly of the deliberations talking about the the quality of the contribution what it is that they they do or continuing to do Uh, and then they're the ones that uh, ultimately recommend the names and uh, and it's always an exciting moment for me to be able to see who those are
2: let's hear more about the planning for this year's ceremony taking place on November 6th. What's Mm -hmm. exciting you most?
3: Well, I mean, I think it's, I mean, it's, it's a great event. Like it's, it's, it's so much more than just an awards ceremony. I mean, our, our staff team doing an incredible job uh, creating, um, you know, a real awards ceremony um, atmosphere, but it really is. It's a festival. It's a celebration. You can tell when you walk in, it's, uh, it's great. There's just so many people that come out from the community. So many uh, great people from our arts and culture community that are there to celebrate. And so it's a it's a chance to to, to network and have conversations and to meet people. Uh, and then of course the the um, the ceremony itself. Uh, you have presenters from the, the the jury committee that have done the work that are have such credibility themselves. They can kind of speak to who the award winners are. And then we usually see video clips and, and summaries of of their work, so we really kind of get to know them. Even for even if you were to attend and you didn't necessarily know an artist particularly well, by the end of that evening, you would know them so much better and have such a great appreciation for their work and, and why they won. And so, uh, you know, and of course, then the celebration continues long after the awards ceremony. So it's almost like it's a great festival and celebration with an award ceremony somewhere stuck right in between, uh, but a great evening all around.
2: And now, how and why should Kingstonians overall, in your opinion, uh, support local arts and artists.
3: Well, I mean, I think that there's there's so much that the arts contribute to a community. I mean, I mean, you could think, you know, obviously about the that the livelihoods and uh, you know the the careers uh, that you know we have so many Kingstonians are connected to the arts culture. But you just think about how it enriches us as a community. You think about um, you think about. The, the, the joy, there's, a, there's an entertainment, but there's also just a, a celebration of, of what we're able to create and to, uh, and to connect us. It really does bring people together. And I've, I've seen that certainly in, in my years. I think that you know, I've always impressed about how uh, the arts and culture community in Kingston, we punch way above our weight for a city our size, we're an incredibly outsized and incredibly talented community. And so just being able to see that talent, to be able to appreciate it, it really is, there's, there's just part of like the human experience that arts and culture touches that I think is, uh, is something that, uh, that everyone should embrace. And so I certainly encourage everyone to, uh, to, to go out, to, to, to see a show, to, um, to, to buy a piece of art, to, to just engage and, Uh, and help support the arts because we become a stronger and better community as a result.
2: Well, thank you so much for joining us again here on CFRC, Brian, this time to chat about the Mayor's Arts Awards.
3: Thanks very much.
2: Now over to Zayden Vergara with today's sports updates.
4: Good evening, everyone. My name is Zayden Vergara, and it's time for your CFRC sports update. Your Queen's Golden Gales men's rugby team traveled to St. Catharines for the OUA semifinal against the Brock Badgers. They managed to win that out 28 to 10 with the win they're progressing to play the OUA final against the Guelph Griffins. In varsity club news, Queen's men's and women's water polo hosted their regional crossover games this weekend at the Arc Pool. The women's team went three and one on the weekend with victories over the Ottawa Gigi's eight to four and McMaster Marauders eight to one on Saturday and McGill Marlet's 9-3 on Sunday. The one loss the Gales suffered was against the defending champions Toronto Varsity Blues 11-1. The men's team went 2-2 in a very competitive league with wins over McMaster 11-7 and Ottawa 12-8. The losses were against Toronto 15-2 and the Western Mustangs 13-12. Stay tuned for your CFRC Sports Rundown tonight at 5.30. Today I'll be joined by Lauren Fury as we take a deep dive into Queens University's men's and women's hockey teams and predict what both these teams have in store for the rest of the season. Also be sure to tune in Wednesday, November 15th at 7.15pm for live coverage of the men's hockey team hosting the RMC Paladins in yet another historic matchup. But on that note, that's all for your CFRC sports coverage. Now over to Erica Singh with some campus news.
5: Alright, thank you so much Zayden. Hi, my name is Erica Singh and welcome to your campus news. Today I have two very special guests joining me in studio to talk about the last night of the cabaret solitaire. Here are Kimmy and Olivia.
2: I'm Olivia and I'm a third year music theatre student here at Queen's uh, and I am a character or a host if you will, I'm a part of the cast in this show.
6: And my name is Kimmy, I am also a third year music theatre student here at Queen's, and I am the assistant director and choreographer for the show.
5: Alright, so The Last Night at the Cabaret Solitaire is described as an original musical comedy packed with killer vocals, hilariously dumb jokes, and a wild dance numbers. Is there anything special you can share about the show, and can you please talk a little bit more about what the show is?
6: Yeah, for sure. So the last night of the Cabaret Solitaire, to start with, the Cabaret Solitaire is just this wildly eccentric, like, beautiful place where people can just be who they want to be. It's kind of like a world that we know, but it's also a world that we don't know. So it's like, um, it's just a place where people can come be who they really are. And I think what's super special about that is our whole cast and everyone they're coming as themselves, but not not themselves. It's a, it's a big joke in the show, and you'll only get it if you come, so you just definitely should. All right, and
5: when is the show running?
6: The show, we open on the 9th, and we close on the 19th of November. If you had to describe the show in
5: one word, what would you say?
2: That's a good question. Exotic.
5: I would definitely say unique. Are there any special moments that people must see in the
6: show which you can share? Uh, Definitely, there are a lot of like eccentric numbers in the show. I think, um, I mean, I'll give you a little spoiler. Our, our opening, well, I won't exactly give you a spoiler, but the opening is a very common music theater number mashed in with another common opening number and definitely if you're there I think you'll know the song and I think all these numbers you just want to get up and dance with this cast and sing along with them I can't I don't know if there's anything I can really spoil but I, w-
2: I would say that um, if you're a Queen student or not a Queen student there's some inside jokes but also general jokes It's kind. Of, it's the kind of show where there's something for everyone you might laugh you might cry but you kind of have to see it for yourself, so you got to come. You got to come watch.
5: And is this a show where getting up and singing with a cast is encouraged?
6: Yeah, no, I think absolutely. I think that these are kind of the numbers. I'm sure most people are going to know these songs. It's a cabaret. Like these are songs that you might know. Um, what's really lovely about the show is that um, it's not like there's no fourth wall. There's you are in this cabaret with all these. I wouldn't even say performers, like these people, they're human beings on stage and they're welcoming you into the world, so I think, into their world. And I think what's so special about that is that you can also like get up, sing, like, you get to interact with these people and you also get to be who you want to be at the Cabaret Solitaire.
5: Once again, make sure to check out The Last Night at the Cabaret Solitaire. Tickets are on sale right now at the Dan School website. Tickets for November 9th are Pay What You Can, but for the rest of the shows, from November 10th to the 19th, tickets are $15 for Queen students and $25 for adults. Once again, thank you so much for listening to Campus News today. Now over to Mia with the weather.
7: And now it's time for your CFRC weather forecast for the next couple of days. On Monday, November 6th, it'll be cloudy with a high of 10 degrees and some periods of rain at night with a low of 8 degrees. On Tuesday, November 7th, it'll be a mix of sun and cloud with a 60% chance of showers and a high of 8 degrees. Some cloudy periods with a low of minus 3. And on Wednesday, November 8th, it'll be cloudy with a high of 4 degrees and a 40% chance of showers at night with a low of 3 degrees. Check back in with us on Wednesday for your weekend weather forecast.
8: This is Kat bringing you the weekly traffic report from November 3rd through to November 11th. We are first going to be starting off with road closures in the Kingston area. On Bagot Street from Barrie to West, it will be closed November 11th from 10 a.m. to 12.45 p.m. for the annual Remembrance Day ceremony. And on Barrie Street from King to Stewart, it will also be closed on November 11th from 10.20 a.m. to 12 p.m. for the annual Remembrance Day ceremony. King Street from Lower University to Barrie will be closed November 11th from 8.15am to 12pm for the Annual Remembrance Day Ceremony. On King Street from Barrie to West, it will also be closed November 11th from 10.20am to 12pm for the Annual Remembrance Day Ceremony. On University Avenue from Union to Earl, it will be closed until December 22nd for the removal of debris from demolition and concrete deliveries at the Queen's John Dutch University Centre project. And now we're going to move on to parking delays in the Kingston area. On Bath Road at Queen Mary, expect delays for the Utilities Kingston Nets Project. This was Kat bringing you the weekly traffic report from November 3rd through to November 11th. I hope you all have a lovely week. Now it's time for the CFRC Community Concert and Events Calendar for November 8th through to November 14th. Have an event you would like to be covered on our website news programming? Contact us via CFRC.ca today. On November 8th, come and pet Oscar, our fluffy golden retriever, St. John's ambulance therapy dog, and meet his handler John. Drop in at any point during the hour. Oscar will be at Mitchell Hall every Wednesday at noon by the Student Wellness Services office on the main floor. On November 8th is the Recreational Running Club, a beginner-intermediate run. Meet new people if you want to start running, increase your distance, improve your time, or find some running buddies. To join us for this run, please register for this club at gogalesgo.com. You must pay a one-time $5 membership fee. You must be a current Queen student or staff member to join. Meet at 5 p.m. at the Queens Arc North Earl Street entrance. It will be Wednesdays at 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. and Fridays at 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Yeah. Also on November 8th is the first Gales of the last decade, Gold's event. Gold's is an opportunity to hear from alumni who recently graduated and explore how their careers have developed since Queens. A Queens Finds Arts graduate will be hosting an Instagram Live on to chat with Simon Hook, president of public relations firm Command Entertainment Group. Save the date and register at queensu.ca. On November 9th, there is an Indigenous Identity Sharing Circle, only available to Indigenous students. Do you feel that you don't look Indigenous enough. Maybe you are unsure about how to identify yourself or feel you don't fit in because you don't know enough about your Indigenous identity. Please know that you are not alone. Come together for a sharing circle facilitated by Amber and Lisa to discuss these feelings in a safe space. Registration is required. Email 4d.counselor at queensu.ca. This is in person every other Thursday starting September 28th and will be located at the Four Directions Indigenous Student Centre from 4 to 5:30 p.m. Also on November 9th is the Queen's Acapella Riff-Off. Each of the four acapella groups within the Queen's Acapella Association will showcase their talents and music they have prepared for the fall. This will be in addition to creating an exciting, pitch-perfect styled riff-off event, which the audience can vote on a winner. 160 tickets will be for sale. This will be located at the mansion from 6 to 11 p.m. On November 10th, the QCBG conference begins until November 11th. QCBG isn't just another campus conference, it's a unique platform that bridges this gap, uniting the spheres of government, finance and business. We believe that you can tap into a broader spectrum of leadership potential when we intertwine diverse sectors. Join us as we navigate the intricacies of a tech-dominated world, leveraging shared insights and collaboratively sculpting a brighter, more sustainable future. You can sign up at wwwqcbgca form. This event will be located at the Isabel Center for the Performing Arts at 9:15 a.m. on the 10th. On November 11th, take time to slow down and deeply observe works in the exhibition emergence, a recent gift of Indigenous art, guided by Agnes Dosens. This contemplation practice allows for relaxation and new insights. The artists shaped new artistic markets and became influential advocates and innovators in the field of contemporary and indigenous art, forging paths for future generations of artists. On public view at Agnes for the first time, do not miss your chance to see these works up close. This will be located at the Agnes Etherington Art Center from 1.15 to 2 p.m. On November 12th is a Solidarity Swim, are you a trans, non-binary, genderqueer, genderfluid or any other non-cisgender person who wants a safer space to swim and also meet other students and a wider trans community members? Join us for Solidarity Swim at the ARC Pool. You can even bring a cisgender friend slash loved one from 2.30 to 4pm. You can register at queensu.ca. On November 13th is the Indigenous Good Minds Night. Come and hang out by the fire, watch TV, study, play board games, bead, and take part in structured activities. These activities change bi-weekly and refreshments will be provided. This group is only available to Indigenous students and is located at the Four Directions Indigenous Centre from 4-7.30pm. to 730 PM. On November 14th, Student Wellness Services is excited to announce a combined flu shot and COVID-19 booster clinic for all staff and faculty members at Queen's University. The clinic will operate on a walk-in basis only. No appointments are necessary. All vaccines are free of charge and completely voluntary. This will be located at Mitchell Hall Student Health and Wellness Services from 9.30 a.m. to 1.00 p.m. and 1.30 p.m. to 4.00 p.m. This was Kat bringing you the CFRC Community Concert and Events Calendar for November 8th through to November 14th. I hope you all have a lovely week.
7: And now it's time for your CFRC Community Concerts and Events Calendar for November 8th to November 14th. If you have an event you'd like covered on our website or news programming, contact us via cfrc.ca today. Bon Evans, an old soul storyteller with a smoky tenor voice, will be playing a free show at Spearhead Brewery on November 8th from 7 until 10 p.m. Also on November 8th at Hotel Wolf Island, John Southworth, English-Canadian singer-songwriter, will be playing some songs from 7 until 10 p.m., and tickets are available now for $20. At The Grand on November 8th, Ed Lister Music prevents Decades of Bond, the ultimate tribute to the incredible music of the James Bond films. Tickets are available on The Grand website now for $50, and the show will begin at 7.30. Cataclysm, Atria, Sovereign Council, and Pound of Flesh will be playing a show at the Broom Factory on November 9th, with doors opening at 7 and tickets available for $30. Mike Tremblatt, original and cover artist from Toronto, Ontario, will be playing a free show at Hotel Wolf Island on November 9th, beginning at 7. And Neil Carter will be playing a free show at the Tiernanog at 7pm on November 9th. On November 10th, the Retro Kings will be playing a show at the Club RCHA beginning at 8 p.m. $5 a ticket, but free for club members. Ace of Wands, a dream rock band from Toronto, will be playing Hotel Wolf Island on the 10th with a show beginning at 8 p.m. Also on the 10th, The Grand On Stage presents the legendary downchild blues band Natalie McMaster, Jeff Rogers, playing a high-energy show blending blues, jazz, and rock beginning at 7.30. Tickets are available online now for $30 to $50. Bands Conversation, Monarch, and Nocturnia will be playing The Mansion that same night on November 10th. Tickets are $10 and it will begin at 8 p.m. On Saturday, November 11th, Luscious, Mason FM, and Avalon Stone will be playing a free show at Blue Martini beginning at 9 p.m. Ontario bands Pony Girl and Luella will be playing a show at the Broom Factory that same night on the 11th beginning at 7.30 and tickets are $11. KBS presents the Tony D Band at the Club RCHA on November 11th for $20 beginning at 8 p.m. And Kingston band Poplar will be playing Hotel Wolf Island for free that same night, November 11th, beginning at 7 p.m. And on the 11th, Flying V Productions presents Hannah Gregoris at the Isabel Bader Center for the Performing Arts. Tickets are $45 and the show is set to begin at 7.30. On November 12th, Nicole Rampersaud, Off World, and Singleaf will be performing at Hotel Wolf Island. The show was $15 a ticket and will begin at 4 p.m. Planet Smashers, The Anti-Queens, K-Man and the 45s, Pound Salt, Sonic Souvenir will be presented by Grit and Grind at the Overtime Sports Bar on November 12th. The show will begin at 7pm and tickets are $25 at the door.
0: Thank you for tuning in to CFRC's local news programming. To revisit episodes of Today in YGK and hear more from some of our guests, be sure to head to our podcast network at podcast.cfrc.ca. Today in YGK is brought to you by the generous support of the Community Radio Fund of Canada, the Local Journalism Initiative, Queen's University Career Services, and What'll I Wear at 732 Princess Street. Be sure to stay tuned for more CFRC programming coming up next.